I'm James Northrop with James and Deborah Northrop Farms from Angleton, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today loaded up and ready to roll for you. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the first cotton acreage estimate for the 2024 crop is out. We'll take a look at those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name's Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The Pioneer Crop Production Clinics are getting underway next week in the Texas Panhandle. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about what's on the agenda for those always popular meetings. El Nino will continue bringing wetter and cooler weather to Texas in the month of January. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the full forecast straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. Congress can strengthen the partnership between farmers, ranchers, and food banks by investing in a program in the new Farm Bill. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cotton Grower Magazine releases the first cotton acreage estimate each year during the Beltwide Cotton Conferences, which are now underway in Fort Worth. Cotton Grower Editor Jim Stedman says this year's estimate is practically unchanged from USDA's pre-harvest estimate released last October. We survey our readers, we talk to cotton specialists, we talk to economists, other folks, you know, just sort of a general reporting job. And what we found out this year is uh, our projection came in at 10.19 million acres for the year. That's basically down about 40 to 42,000 acres from USDA's report last October. And if you want to get really technical about it, it's like 0.5% down from those pre-harvest numbers. And what about the specific estimates for Texas cotton acreage? We've got Texas forecasted at 5.6 million, which I think might be a little bit low and probably will be by the time planting gets around. Everybody in Texas is anxiously watching the El Nino system. And as we talk today, sitting in Fort Worth for the Beltwide meeting, of course, it's rained out here for the last two days. Everybody's just kind of waiting to see how much rainfall they get this year and how it could impact the drought. And if planting season rolls around and they feel like they've got enough moisture to get a crop up, and sustain a little bit through the year with maybe one or two other good rains, you may see that number, you know, pop up back easily back over six million acres. That's Jim Stedman, editor of Cotton Grower Magazine, from the Beltwide Cotton Conferences going on right now in Fort Worth. The number of hogs and pigs in Texas has dropped. 
According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, there were 1.1 million head of hogs and pigs in Texas December 1st. That's down 11 percent from the same time last year. 130,000 of those were breeding hogs, down 30,000 from 2022. The majority of hogs and pigs in Texas at 970,000 head are market hogs. They comprise 88% of the total hog and pig inventory in Texas. Between September and November, the pig crop totaled 864,000 head, up 8% from last year. Pigs per litter averaged 12, that's up 20%. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Fuel prices have begun the new year declining after a late-year increase during the holiday season. Gas Buddy reports the nation's average gasoline price fell 1.6 cents from a week ago to 3.06 a gallon. The national average diesel price fell 4.5 cents last week and now stands at 3.96 a gallon. That's 71 cents lower than a year ago. The Pioneer Crop Production Clinics are getting underway next week in the Texas Panhandle. James Hunt looks at what's on the agenda for those meetings. Looking ahead to the 2024 growing season, Rex Brandon of Pioneer Seed says there are some big changes taking place in Texas High Plains agriculture. We're seeing a huge shift over to forage sorghums and grain sorghum. The cotton prices are just not where we'd like to see them, and so people can rotate to a grain sorghum crop pretty easily and still use similar amounts of water on that when they're limited on their irrigation for a good corn crop. And with that potential for sorghum to continue becoming a more dominant crop, the Pioneer Crop Production Clinics coming up next week are especially timely. Sorghum will be an item of discussion with Dr. Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff covering topics related to growing sorghum for both grain and forage. But there's a lot of other topics on the agenda, including corn production and research, the market outlook, what to expect from the weather, and groundwater conservation. And Rex Brandon says the Pioneer Clinics will also help those in attendance meet some important requirements. There's going to be six available CEUs for your pesticide applicator guys. We'll also get the oxen training, an hour of that. We have an enlist specialist that specifically does that program. So he'll give a, a one-hour talk there to get you credits there. And also the certified crop advisor program for the crop consultants. We've been approved for seven hours of CEUs for them. Next week's Pioneer Crop Production Clinics are free, and they're taking place Monday at the Rita Blanca Coliseum in Dalhart, Tuesday at the Moore County Community Building in Dumas, and Wednesday at the O'Laughlin Center in Spearman. Each meeting begins at 9.30 a.m. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This should be a better year for precipitation in Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. For today's program, we go to Fort Worth, and meteorologist Tom Bradshaw with the National Weather Service is with us. And Tom, here we are at the beginning of 2024, and precipitation has been falling, the cooler temperatures uh, here in the uh, beginning of winter. Uh, what does the forecast look like for Texas and Texas agriculture, farmers and ranchers as we move forward into January? 
Well, we're obviously right in the middle of the coolest months of the year for the state of Texas, and uh, we usually expect kind of a mixed bag as we go through the month of January as far as both rain and um, you know frozen precipitation, depending on what part of the state you're in. This year is going to be no exception. We're certainly expecting relatively wet conditions across a good part of the state of Texas through the month of January. Some of that's going to take the form of snow, might mainly up in the panhandle, and then we'll obviously have a, you know, a fair amount of rain across uh, other parts of the state. Temperatures should be normal to maybe slightly below normal as we go through the month of January. We're still in this uh, El Nino phase from the ENSO oscillation that we have out in the Pacific, and that usually means a pretty active storm track across the southern United States. So we'll see a succession of events move across the state of Texas uh, during the next several weeks. Yes, yeah, certainly uh, that El Nino weather pattern uh, will be uh, advantageous uh, moving into the spring. Certainly so. We're starting to see some signs that the uh, El Nino pattern is going to start to wane as we get into the middle to latter part of the spring. But we do think through a good part of the spring months, we should get some beneficial rainfall um, as a result of this pattern that we're in right now. So we're going to cross our fingers that we don't get too much rain, too much excessive rainfall flooding, but we get it just enough to certainly benefit everybody. That is Tom Bradshaw. He is National Weather Service Meteorologist in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Congress can strengthen the partnership between farmers, ranchers, and food banks by investing in a program in the new farm bill. Gary Joyner tells how. Texas farmers and ranchers and food banks have a strong partnership in our state. Texas lawmakers recently doubled the state's investment in efforts to help food banks rescue unsellable produce from Texas growers for distribution to hungry Texans. The program is working. If only the federal government would follow the Texas lead. Texas Farm Bureau, the state's largest general farm and ranch organization, and Feeding Texas, the largest hunger relief organization in the state, are urging Congress to use the upcoming Farm Bill to make that investment. The Emergency Food Assistance Program is the way to do it. The federal program enables farmers across the nation to connect their products with individuals seeking food assistance via food banks. A doubling of investment in the program is needed to counter the rising need for food assistance and food cost inflation. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's support for food banks fell sharply in 2022. The Farm Bill boasts a historic balance of supporting farmers and ranchers while reducing hunger. Congress needs to come together in a bipartisan fashion to pass a Farm Bill that protects farm and ranch families, increases support for Title I commodity programs, and ensures food security, and creates a future where no one goes hungry. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The special late deer hunting season for part of the state opens up Monday. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And managing dry cows through the fresh period pays dividends down the line. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Managing dry cows through the fresh period can pay dividends down the line. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd tells how. From dry off to freshening, mineral supplementation can play a pivotal role in keeping cows healthy, comfortable, and productive. Cow comfort is important, and cows can be uncomfortable at dry off, especially the high-producing cows. Immediately after dry off, they are going to have engorged udders and leak milk, which can result in mastitis. One method of preventing this is to feed a lower-energy diet to these cows or gradually cut back on milkings rather than stopping all at once. Another option is to offer an oral mineral supplement called Bovicalk Dry which is designed to reduce milk production and udder pressure. The sooner the cow stops producing milk, the sooner she can rest and get a healthy start toward the next lactation. Research shows cows fed the supplement spend on average 33 more minutes lying down the day after dry-off and 17 minutes extra lying down over the next two weeks. Once cows freshen, calcium is critical, and many cows cannot maintain a normal calcium level after calving. However, all calcium supplements are not created equal, and you need to make sure the calcium supplement you choose contains calcium chloride and calcium sulfate. Both of these chemicals are considered acidogenic, which helps the cows maintain blood calcium levels. The calcium chloride will be rapidly absorbed, while the calcium sulfate provides sustained release of calcium. Your veterinarian can check blood samples to determine if your supplement is doing the job. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The special late deer season for part of the state opens Monday. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The special late deer hunting season kicks off Monday in the north zone. The late season is an opportunity for hunters in those counties with a late season to harvest antlerless deer or unbranched antler deer. Alan Kane, Big Game Program Director for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says hunters who are able to should consider harvesting an antlerless deer this year. That's an important part of deer management. Obviously, the females are the reproductive segment of that population. So controlling those numbers helps control growth. And in areas of the hill country, where you have a density of one deer for every four or five acres, which is fairly high. It's helpful to remove some of those does and reduce that population down to a more manageable level or a level that is supported by that native habitat out there. And certainly important because we don't want too many deer on the range that it ends up potentially causing overutilization, overbrowsing on some of the shrubs and woody plants out there, which can have obvious impacts on the deer population itself, but other animals and birds that rely on that native habitat for their own purposes, whether it's, you know, bird might need a shrub for nesting cover or just it produces seed or, or whatever it needs. 
so it's important to keep those populations in check, especially in that hill country. Not all counties have a special late season, so hunters should be sure to check this year's outdoor annual to check for full regulations. The special late deer hunting season in the north zone is January 8th through the 21st. That is the same as the special muzzle loader season. The special late deer hunting season in the south zone is January 22nd through February 4th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. We'll look back at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Thursday was a lower day for cattle futures. We ended up lower on both live and feeder cattle, both closing in the red with February live cattle down 72 cents, 171.12. April down 45 at 174.30. June live cattle down 42 cents, 171.55. Feeders lower also. January feeder cattle down $1.40, 224.67. March feeder cattle down a dollar thirty-seven, two twenty-five sixty-five. April feeders down a dollar twenty-seven at two thirty-one twenty-seven. Cash fed cattle trade this week seeing some activity in the northern plains. We've seen sales in Iowa and Nebraska at one seventy-five on a live basis, two seventy-five to two seventy-six dressed. That's two to three bucks higher compared to last week. Now, down here in the Southern Plains, no sales to report so far this week. The feedlots are asking 175, packers bidding 172 to 173. Boxed beef was mixed on Thursday. Choice down a dollar six, 276.97. Select up a dollar 37 at 260.22. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Not a lot of cattle in the alleyway this week. Still folks taking off for New Year's. Jim Wheeler's one of them. Jim, how did the sale go last time at Atascosa Livestock Exchange, Pleadenton? Pretty decent. We ended up with 478. Market was pretty good all the way around. Cow market was steady, so can't complain. Good. Let's walk the pens. All right, 157 steers, 156 heifers, 148 cows, and 13 bulls. Steer side, two to three ways, 220 to 270. Heifers were $1.90 to 235. Three to four way steers, 220 to 282. Heifers were $1.80 to 240. Four to five way steers, 210 to 277. Heifers were $1.75 to 234. Five six way steers, $1.85 to 252. Heifers were $1.70 to 210. 
six, seven weight steers, $1.75 to $2.23. Heifers were $1.60 to $2. Seven day weight steers, $1.65 to $1.95. Heifers were $1.45 to $1.80. Eight to nine weight steers, $1.40 to $1.80. And the heifers were $1.20 to $1.60 there, too. What they have on cows? 192. Best biker cow brought 97 and a half. Best bull brought $1.15. So bred cows anywhere from $7.60 to $13.25. And we kept two or three pairs together. They brought from $8.25 to $17.25. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Reach us at 830-569-2516. You've been listening to Walking the Pens, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs took a big jump on Thursday. February hogs is up 375 at 6905. April up 275 at 7495. Class 3 milk was lower. January milk down 5 cents, 1526 100 weight. The cotton market closed lower. Pressure in the market here this first week of the year as producer selling has pushed the market a bit lower. Once we got above that 80 cent mark, we saw producers selling some of the 2023 crop. And so that's kept a lid on any gains in the market. March cotton down 81 points, closing at 80.12 cents. May cotton down 76 at 81.32. Corn and wheat both higher. Corn market just slightly higher. March corn up one and a quarter, 466 and a half, with May corn up a penny, 479 a bushel. Nice bounce back in the wheat market. Now, we've seen a lot of pressure on wheat prices here this week, mainly due to wet weather forecasts for wheat growing areas of the country, rain and snow in the high plains forecasts. So that's pushed prices a bit lower. However, we bounced it back on Thursday with March Kansas City wheat up four and a quarter, 625 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat up 13 and a quarter at 613 and a half. In the energy markets, February natural gas was up 18 cents, 285. February West Texas crude oil down 34, 72, 36 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 19 points, 37,449. The Nasdaq down 79 at 14,512. The S&P down 15 at 4,689. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.